When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 6.30, Chad. 1-1 one, one our score, and off the draw, Edmonton forces Montreal back into its own zone. Through the neutral zone, Patrick, shot redirected home, and Montreal leads 2-1. Pacioretty's shot was tipped and knuckled just underneath the bar. That capped a stunning turnaround here at Rogers Place. Max Pacioretty scoring for the Montreal Canadiens. Two goals a minute nine apart. And it went from a 1-0 Edmonton lead to a 2-1 Montreal lead with just over five minutes left in the third period. The Canadians would add two empty net goals, make it four goals total in the last 6.27, and the Canadians win 4-1 over the Edmonton Oilers. Thanks a lot for joining us. It is 8.02. My name is Reed Wilkins, former NHLer Rob Brown here as well. As it turns into a disappointing night for Edmonton, they were outshot badly. 41-25, Montreal a very persistent team tonight. They kept getting pucks to the net, they kept getting bodies to the net, and ultimately, Rob, the Oilers couldn't hold them off. No, they couldn't. We, we talked at the end of the second period that the Oilers have a one nothing lead, and if they wanted to win this hockey game, they had to keep pushing forward. They can't sit, sit on the lead, they can't sit and watch the clock and, and hope it ticks down faster, but they did and the Montreal Canadiens just kept coming and they kept putting pucks in deep. It, it was a real simple game for, for the Canadians tonight. Get pucks in deep, once you get below the goal line, cycle, cycle, then drive the net and throw as many bodies as you can at the net and eventually they had some success with it. Now, having said that, Carey Price made a couple big saves in the third period. The one on Maroon on a wonderful pass, it, it easily could have put that into a 2-0 game. Game is over. Nugent Hopkins has a great look. Another great glove save. But the Canadians kept coming. They kept coming, and the winning goal was just a fluke goal. Absolute fluke goal. It goes off of Clefbaum's stick. Uh, Talbot completely baffled by it. He's going one way. The, the puck is directed the other way. But if you continue to play in your own zone, if you continue, continue to give up chance and continue to give up time uh, of possession, you're, you're asking for trouble. And the Oilers asked for trouble tonight, and the Montreal Canadiens eventually got the, the win that they deserved. Milan Lucic, the only goal for Edmonton. It came on a two-on-one, 4-17 into the second period. It was unassisted, his 15th of the season. And then Byron Pacioretty, Byron Pacioretty, the goals for the Canadians tonight. Pacioretty finishes with two goals, 33 on the year. Byron had three points. But Brendan Gallagher, who had an assist, and we've seen him do this before, Rob, in person and on TV. He is such a spark plug out there. Uh, every game he goes into, He's one of the smallest guys on the ice, yet most games he plays, he's one of the most noticeable guys on the ice. He's a, a guy that opposing coaches will take video of and show their big players and say, okay, this guy, you know, he's five foot nine, five foot ten. I don't even know what he, what he is. He's not very tall, yet he plays like he's six five. He puts his head down, he drives the net. Uh, he, there's no... Well, there's no fancy in his game. It's just strictly hard-nosed. And uh, he had a number of really great scoring chances, just driving the net. And eventually, it's, it was his forecheck that created the goal that Byron scored coming out of the from behind the net. And, and the others just couldn't contain him. And it, it, you think, okay, how can this guy you know, at that size uh, slip through all these big defensemen? But it's determination. It's just he's more determined than the guy he's going against. And I, I believe he, as you just said, I thought he was the best player on the ice tonight for either team and was the spark, cl spark plug for the, the Montreal Canadiens, got them going the right way. He's listed as 5'9", which usually means he's 5'8", <laughs> from my experience covering hockey. <laughs> you know, when we get the Central Scouting used to come and do our height and weight, you always put tape under your feet and then put your socks over top of you to get an extra inch or two. And then you drink as much water as you can. And if they don't... If they let you wear a pair of shorts and you put a little five-pound weight belt underneath your shorts to get a little extra weight. So wow. those are the ways that we used to cheat. That's interesting to know, Rob. Rob now, nowadays, that. we're doing the opposite. We're okay. I don't. We're taking everything off at the doctor's <laughs> office. I don't want an extra ounce on me. The Canadians beat the Oilers 4-1. Our adjustment of the game is brought to you by Alberta's Chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better. With help from your chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. And I think this begs the question for adjustments 
moving forward here for the Oilers. This is an eight-game homestand they have not taken advantage of. They're 1-2-1 they're one, and one so far, only three out of a possible eight points. They remain behind Calgary and Anaheim in the Pacific Division. And, you know, things are, I, I don't, I, they're still very comfortable for a playoff spot. I'm not going to start panicking about that. But, you know, a couple games here where, I mean, they've scored four goals in the last three games total. Mm, not good enough. It, it's not. I mean, the, the, the chances aren't as, as plentiful as they were earlier when things were all going well for them. Uh, it, it wouldn't shock me if there were some line changes. And I think if there are line changes that's short term, I think the way the lines are set up now are, are which gives them the best success. But sometimes things go stale. Sometimes you need a little jump start, a little kick in the butt uh, to let you know that uh, don't get complacent. So it wouldn't shock me. I think you will see a little changeover. I believe Benning will be in the lineup next game, and I think he should be in the lineup every game. Uh, and then you may see uh, Kahara in there, just a little bit of speed on the back end or on the on your fourth line. Although, as I was saying with Bob earlier, most times line changes happen. Guys come in and out of the lineup. They weren't the reason you won or lost a hockey game. The the fourth line isn't the reason that the, the 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 Edmonton Oilers lost this game. So having someone come off the fourth line, that's not what needs to be better next game. Their first and second line are the two lines that need to be better next game. You can get us at 780-496-0063. Montreal 4, Edmonton 1 is your final. Let's go down to the Oilers Hall of Fame room and hear from head coach Todd McClellan for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. Todd, did you guys just let that get away or was Montreal just pressuring you? Well, I think they were pressuring. They were pressuring well before they scored uh, their first goal in the third period. And uh, they played a, a heck of a game. They disrupted a lot of our exits out of the zone, uh, got sticks on pucks, batted things down, uh, disrupted the flow of the game. So you have to give them some credit. They were very effective at what they did. Um, you know, unfortunately for us, we couldn't stick with it long enough to get the win. And, you know, on the winner, it was a... Cameron made so many good saves that it's too bad that uh, that type of goal went in on him, uh, deflected off Klepp on sticking in. Now, when they got the 2-1 lead, it looked like your team just seized right up and as if to say, how did this happen? Because you didn't have much push after that. Well, they get in the way, too. Remember, they were doing that all night. They're not going to change their game plan. They get hungry. Um, so give them credit. I, don't, I didn't feel that one bit on the bench. Um, you know, we had used three lines kind of in the third period. Our guys, there was a little bit of fatigue in it. Uh, they did a good job of, of continuing to check. Um, so I, I didn't didn't see it that way. Todd, um, after the game, Milan said, this isn't the time to feel sorry for ourselves. In the next day and a half, as you prepare for Dallas, do you have to go in there and reassure them to, to get their chins up for that game, or how do you kind of... No, I, I don't think that I do. I... You know, we played a hell of a game against uh, Pittsburgh. We played uh, the effort, the want, the desire was there tonight. I didn't think there was anything lazy or negligent about our game. We just didn't execute real well. Uh, some of our passes, the power play wasn't crisp. Um, you know, and, and sometimes you have to give the opponent credit for getting in the way. So I don't think we have to go in there and, um, and cheerlead or rant and rave or anything like that. We get prepared for another game and, and move on. And. Um, you know, we'd like to be putting the points in the bank. We're not right now, but Tuesday gives us an opportunity to change that. All right, Todd McClellan with some uh, measured comments after a disappointing finish tonight. The Canadians score four times in the last six and a half minutes to shock the Edmonton Oilers 4-1. Uh, I mean, a couple points he hit on. I, I think the, the, the power play, Rob, you know, and first of all, we should go back to the, to the Lucic goal for people who didn't see it or just to remind people. Alex Galchenyuk missed what is a... a happen over 99% of the time. I mean, it was a rare play that he didn't finish that, so a break for the Oilers, and they took advantage. 13 seconds later, Lucic put it in the net. But then, you know, the Oilers get a four-minute power play, you know, an unfortunate play for, for Yemelin, who can be a rugged <laughs> player, but I don't think he was trying to do anything. But 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 they're, they're not able to score. You mentioned the save on Maroon with uh, about uh, 10 minutes left, an incredible save by Price as Leon set up Maroon. So, Todd, they're not criticizing the team's effort, but saying the execution leaves something to be desired. Well, he's right. The execution was that. There were some great scoring chances by the Oilers. You talk about the four-minute power play the Oilers have. Uh, they weren't great the whole four minutes, but in the middle of it, they had four or five really good looks. 
and that's what you're looking for. And when the Oilers are executing well, the puck's going in the net for them. Uh, Patrick Maroon, he went on a stretch where everything he touched went in the net. He could be shooting wide and it would hit somebody's skate and go in the net. But now he, things just aren't going in for him. And that was a great scoring chance there where if he scores on that goal. It, it's funny. If Patrick Maroon scores on the goal, and everything was done right on that goal, it was a great pass across by Leon Dreisaitl. Wonderful play by Maroon going to the net. He gets a stick on it perfectly. The only thing that didn't go to, according to plan was Carey Price making the great save. If he puts that in, here we are sitting talking about what a wonderful win it was for the Oilers on home ice after using the 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 the, the Penguin game from a couple nights ago to jumpstart them, and we talk about what a great you know this this is going really well for us, but. It doesn't go in. Price makes a fantastic save. And then uh, a really silly, fluky goal that uh, Clefbaum could deflect that a hundred times and a hundred times it would miss the net. Yet it goes into the, the net and all of a sudden the others who, as Jim Matheson I think was the one to ask the question, you guys just look dumbfounded. And they, and I, I don't think at that point they gave up, but they're like, okay, seriously, we just had great chances and now all of a sudden this weird goal goes in and now I look at the clock and we're losing, we're just shutting them out. So I don't think the Oilers were horrible. I, I, I don't. I think, and, and if the Montreal Canadiens would have lost this game one nothing, I don't think they played a bad game. I think it was a game where the execution was better by Montreal than it was by, by the Edmonton Oilers. And because of that, the Edmonton Oilers end up on the wrong side. Well, I, I, I do think the Canadians, though, played harder in the scoring areas. I mean, just, and we talked about it after the same period. I mean, and I kind of joke, like, they're going to the running game from the three-yard yeah. line. But, I mean, that's, you know, Bergevin even bulked up at the deadline. Mm -hmm. Not just forwards, but, but I mean, he added meat at the deadline where he said, okay, we're going to protect our house, as you call it, and we're going to crash into the other team's house. And, I mean, there was a couple times where they almost just pushed the puck into the net tonight. So I, I, I Having I, said that, they they never got the puck in. The Oilers did a good job of coming back to no, the house and enough. keeping everything out. But I'm saying, okay, fine, fluky goal, but no. they kept putting the puck. Oh there. no, yeah, no. I, know, I the think Oilers won a game where the rookie of the year shot the puck into his own his own net. So those things yes. are going to even out. Yeah, no, I think that the, I believe the score was it uh, to me. It's a two-one game. You, you throw the empty net goals out, and I think that was a deserved result. I think the Montreal Canadiens were one goal better than the Edmonton Oilers tonight. It just, it was, the Oilers didn't, and that, but that's where it comes back to Tom McCullen. The Oilers just didn't execute as well as they could have. Had they scored on the chances they get where they normally do, then we're talking a different outcome. All right, 4-1, the Canadians win it. That means a $25 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. They give 25 bucks for every goal the Oilers score, and you can follow the total on 630Ched.com. 780-496-0063. We're going to start off with Elmer tonight. Hello, Elmer, go ahead. I just wanted to ask, how come these teams that Calgary plays... They beat them, and Edmonton can't beat them. Edmonton's got more talent than Calgary. Well, I well, think the Calgary Flames have a very good hockey club. The Calgary Flames, if you take away the games against the Edmonton Oilers head-to-head, -head, the Calgary Flames have done better against the rest of the NHL than the Edmonton Oilers have. So I don't think you can compare that. Uh, there's a lot of games where teams play against Edmonton. Edmonton beats them, and Calgary can't. It's just... I don't think that I, I, I disagree with what you say on that point. I think it's 50-50. Probably if you go through the back-to-back -back games throughout, teams that come in, it was always tough as a player coming into Alberta. You hope to win one game, and you were always excited if you won one. You didn't care which team you beat. You just wanted to win one of the two because it was a t tough, uh, tough place to come in to play back-to-back -back games. Usually, I mean Calgary's beating everybody right now, and they beat <laughs> Winnipeg last night. And Edmonton also went three and zero against Winnipeg. So. Yeah. You know, Calgary's playing great right now. You, yeah, have, they to, are. you have to give them credit for that. All right, Jason also on the line. Jason, thank you for calling. Hello? Yeah, go ahead, Jason. Oh, sorry. Um, You guys were saying about tweaking the lines. I'm thinking take Pouliot out again and put Jujar Kara back in because personally I think if Pouliot didn't stop skating on that first goal, that puck would have never made it to the net. I thought he stopped once he got to the corner and he just stood there. And then he almost gave, cost us a power play there after that second goal, or maybe it was the first goal when you got that uh, match penalty with the guy from Montreal. Uh, yeah, he got a simultaneous penalty with uh, with Radulov. Yeah, I, I, I mean, he went down low behind the net, I think, to help, and then sort of got, maybe got wasn't totally sure, if, wasn't sure if he was supposed to be there or not. 
But right. again, Byron made a strong take to the net, and that's why, I mean, Paul Byron, Jason, now has 18 goals this season. Yeah, Good hockey no, player. And, and you know what? Like you guys were saying, Gallagher, you know, I'm not a Montreal fan, but that guy definitely showed heart tonight more for both teams than anybody else on, on the ice tonight. You guys are absolutely right with yeah, that one, too. I agree. I'm not, I'm not a Montreal fan, never have been my whole life, but I am certainly a Brendan Gallagher fan. Every time oh, yeah. I watch him play, I'm like, wow, is that kid a good hockey player? Yeah, he definitely made a fan out of me of him specifically, not the Canadians, because I'm a spoiler fan through and through, but no, Gallagher's definitely made me a fan of him tonight. Yeah, he's fun. He's fun to watch, and in a totally different way than McDavid or Ovechkin mm -hmm. or Subban or whoever is is fun to watch. You can definitely appreciate him for sure. Jason, thanks for calling seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Cole's going to finish the play next. We have a few other people on hold. We're getting to everybody. The Oilers lose four one to Montreal. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. Live from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. And then it's worked free. Galchenyuk comes up with a puck, turns and fires a shot, redirected. What a save made by Talbot. You talk about a reactionary save. That was a tough ricochet, and Talbot handled it beautifully. Cam Talbot, 37 stops tonight. However, two got by him. Montreal gets two more into an empty net to upend the Oilers 4-1. Talbot's save of the game for Armour Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armour at armorinsurance.ca. We're in Rogers Place in Ice District in downtown Edmonton. He's Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. And we have Cole on the line at 780-496-0063. Hello, Cole. Hi, how's it going, guys? We're doing great. What's on your mind? But I just wanted to say I thought the, the first line left a little bit to be desired tonight. Second line, I thought Lucic, Hopkins, and Everlay played pretty strong game. Yeah, I mean, Leon and Maroon, uh, what is it? I think they've combined for two goals in the last 10 games, so they haven't had the finish that they've had earlier in the season. Um, yeah, I mean, Rob and I were talking earlier about the potential of line mate. I mean, look, Dreisaitl's a good player. Uh, he's hit maybe a bit of a dry spell. I don't think he's recovering as many pucks as he does when he's really flying. So, uh, I mean, we'll see. This is a test for, for an Oilers team. I mean, we all know about the playoff drought, and now things are being ramped up. The the checking is getting a little tighter, so they got to figure out ways to keep making an impact. All right, Cole, we're going to finish the play with you here, buddy. You've already won an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set We Park. Park cheap and easy. Visit jetsetparking.com. You're trying to be entered into the grand prize draw for $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience integrity. Here's Everly nudging it ahead for Pouillot in front. Nugent Hopkins. All right, Nugent Hopkins. Goal or no goal, buddy? No goal. Here we go. Here's Everly nudging it ahead for Pouillot in front. Nugent Hopkins denied point blank by Carey Price. And it remains 1-0. And Carey Price strong as well. He makes 24 saves for the win. Just his second career victory against Edmonton. Now 2-6-1. and one. He was the first star tonight. Gallagher the second star. And Talbot the third star. Rob, it's all you tonight for fourth star of the game for Missioner <laughs> Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. Really? You doing that to me? Yes. All right. If that's the case, then I am going you to go. You don't have a stat sheet. No, I don't. Um, well, Lucic got the goal. Did you like his game? Well, he played all right. Okay, then. <laughs> well, then why did you come to me, then? Why did you come well, to I me put all ready. that pressure on me? I thought you were ready to Well, I thought you roll. were taking with. Okay, Milan Lucic with his goal tonight. Uh, and when he tossed Emelin aside at center ice to go in on a two-on-one and opened up, Carey Price didn't know if he was passing or shooting. He goes five full scores the goal. Unfortunately for the Edmonton Oilers, that was the only one that could get by Carey Price tonight. All right, we we're talking about the great game by Brendan Gallagher. Here's the Canadians' number 11 for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. No, we didn't. We didn't deserve to score uh, against Calgary. I thought tonight we did a good job of, of continuing to press, continuing to press, and you just have that belief that uh, regardless of how many saves the other guy's going to make, that you know you'll break through. And fortunately enough, it, it happened for us uh, before the end of the game there. But we just stuck with it and um, got rewarded. Carey Price made a couple of big saves for you guys to keep it from going to two nothing. I guess how big was that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we don't have the chance to, to come back, tie it, and then eventually take the lead if, if Price is not being Carey Price back there. He's, um, you know, 
since I've been here, you've been able to rely on him, uh, whether you're up a goal, down a goal, to, to keep the game where it's at. And time after time, he, he proves you right. Brendan, you, you got some chances for the first 15 minutes, but it was not going in. That goal by Baron was maybe the turning point of that game. Well, obviously, it was, it was a big goal for us. And, um, you know, I think regardless of if he scored there or not, we were going to continue to press, continue to go. It's, you know, it's not always going to be easy, especially this time of year. You're going to have to work for it. And, um, you know, especially tonight, we're playing a very, very good hockey team, uh, very desperate. Uh, we did a good job of, of shutting down their offense for the most part. And, and when they got behind us, Price was there to bail us out. But for 60 minutes today, I thought that we battled pretty hard. And, um, and I think we got the result that we deserved. Sanity lost some pounds. Can you afford it? Who's that, Pauly? Oh, no. <laughs> Might get even faster. I don't know. It's scary to think about. It's his first three-point game ever. Really? Yeah. Did, uh, what happened? Did you just stick in the ear? And... Yeah, it was uh, the butt end in the ear, so it, it didn't feel all that good. But I'm good. I'm good now. All right, Scott Johnson working the Canadians' dressing room tonight. Brendan Gallagher, an assist. Huge impact on the game this evening. He plays... He only played 12-34. See, I, like he was out there about 38 minutes. I honestly, I think there might have been a misprint Six on that. Six shots on goal in 12 and a half minutes. I, I think he played more than that. <laughs> See, he's small. They didn't notice him out there. That's why. They kept giving the minutes to Kirk Muller, number 11. <laughs> uh, Canadians win 4-1, We have Cam calling in this evening. Hello, Cam. Hey, guys. I, uh, I'm i going to go with uh, Coach McClellan a little bit on the fact that I thought that they, I don't think they let up. I think the execution was was not real good. And so I'd like to see, do you have any idea, do you guys chart grade A scoring opportunities? Do you know what the grade A's were um, between the two teams? I don't chart specific things myself. I, I, I write down scoring chances that I think I might have to talk about after the game and other, and other highlights. So uh, I'm relatively picky, but I have, what do I have here? I have one, two there this is not going to tell you much buddy yeah pretty would would they be close i have i don't write down very many i have four three for montreal that i i, I, I would i would think montreal had more than, than edmonton tonight i think edmonton did have a couple really good scoring opportunities that they could have extended the lead had they scored uh but they didn't but i think montreal was around the net a lot more than, than Edmonton and a lot of Montreal's great scoring chances were not ones that looked pretty that that you saw them saw it opened up from from upstairs and you look okay here's going to be a great chance a lot of theirs were just taking the puck from below the goal line and driving it into the net and you'd had you know two defense been three Montreal forwards the goalie and everyone sprawled all over the place and they just kept pounding away at it those were the chances that the Montreal Canadiens got tonight and they not as pretty as flashy as as you would see in a lot of games but they were effective yeah there was force going at the net for sure that that's one of the things that was surprising or not surprising to me that was really revealed to me um about a few weeks ago when i started watching and this team doesn't score or this team you know likes to score off the rush they like to create off the rush our, our team obviously yep and then i and then i watched the game a, a couple weeks probably about a week ago and we got the cycle game going. Do you guys remember what game that was? Jeez, we had a good cycle game. We were good down low. Well, against just, Detroit, they did. Against Detroit, right. And, and even at times was, against the Islanders, they just mm -hmm. didn't get the puck close to the net, but they, they cycled it. Yeah. So um, I was just watching that, that, like, what was emblematic of this game to me is you have that goal, the 1-1 one, the one, one goal. So you have, I think it's Gallagher in the corner, and then you have Griba, and you have, um, uh, Russell in perfect. I mean, just they're they're back. They're hard. You have um, your forwards. Pouliot was down there. Yep. D one is or D three is back, and then like it just went to pot. <laughs> like Russell stays. I'm not trying to get too technical, but Russell, you know, does the little stick poke with nobody there to get it to. Pouliot comes down hard. He's there, but the compete level's not there. Like he. Well, on that one there, the, a few things went wrong. Pouliot actually had his man. Pouliot's man was behind the net. He had his eye on his man. Russell got caught going towards the puck, and his own man got behind him. So all of a sudden, Russell was caught. And then the, the forward that's in front of the net, you've got to lend support. 
and the four that was in front of the net was too high. So yeah. when the player came, when Byron came out of the corner, he was too far up. He couldn't come back down and get to him. So there was a couple players that were in, and we're only talking, you know, uh, Cassian, I think, was the player coming down. He's yeah. two feet out. He's two feet out of the right spot. And exactly. Russell, Russell's a foot away from where he's supposed to be. But in a game that is as close as this game was, uh, you know, one, two feet are the difference between a win and a loss. So the Oilers had the numbers there, but they just got onto the wrong side of the uh, in the defensive responsibility, and because of that, it allowed Byron to get to the net unimpeded. Cam, great to hear from you. we got to take a quick break for the 8.30 news. Patrick is up next on the phone lines. Our next interview is with Milan Lucic. Canadians 4, Oilers 1. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Pranis. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. So it's Byron with two, Pacioretty with two, pacing the Montreal Canadiens to a 4-1 win over the Edmonton Oilers. Edmonton's only goal scored by Milan Lucic, courtesy of GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. Yeah, uh, they get a goal off a forecheck and then, you know, bounce goes their way. Uh, up in the air, off a stick, off a body and in the net, you know. Uh, tough one to swallow, considering you're in control going into the third, third period, so. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, uh, I think all of us, uh, you know, believe in this group and, and what we've done so far in the season, and we can't we can't dwell on things and 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 dwell on frustration and feeling for, sorry for ourselves this time of year. And uh, most of all, you know, we can't count on other teams to get the job for us. You know, every team that we're battling against, you look at the last three days, they've all won their games, and unfortunately, we haven't. But uh, you know, the best thing to do is come to practice tomorrow, ready to ready to. Ready to play and, and get a big win on uh, Thursday night is there any or Tuesday night. Sorry, is there any common thread between the losses? Uh, you know, we. I think if you look at our last ten games, other than maybe the Islander game or the the Tampa game, you know, we played some pretty good hockey, and and it just seems like that bounce hasn't hasn't gone our way. But uh, like I said. We keep playing the right way, and we keep, uh, you know, focusing on our game plan and, and, and trusting ourselves and, and each other. Uh, eventually, the bounces are going to start going our way. Is it at all irritating? Read that, Malonichich. Thanks, Brendan. Brendan Ulrich in the Oilers' dressing room tonight as they talk about a 4-1 loss to the Montreal Canadiens. I want to check the advantage trailer rental scoreboard quickly here. The Ducks tied with the Capitals. No score after the first period. Stars and Sharks 1-1 late in the first. Chicago beats Minnesota 4-2. The Rangers drop Detroit 4-1. The Oil Kings lose 5-2 in Calgary. And Brad Gushu wins the Briar in his hometown of St. John 7-6 over Kevin Cooey's Alberta team called Team Canada because they were in there as the defending champions. And, and we watched the we watched a lot of that. And the last shot, Gushu had last shot to win the championship on home soil. And it got in the, his sweepers are going to get beer from him tonight because his sweepers got it in. And he won by about two inches. But he still is the... Canadian champion. And he's coming here because the Worlds are in Edmonton. Are they? Yes. Let's go. There you go. There's, they have that big briar patch thing, don't they? Well, I think it's the world patch. Is that what it's called? Well, mm -hmm. they don't call it the briar patch if it's not the briar. Well, I'm going to call it the briar patch by the end of the I night. I think they just call it a giant beer cart. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're there. 780-496-0063. We have Patrick on the line. Hello, Patrick. How are you guys doing? Well, we're doing great. Uh, just a couple of comments. Uh, follow up on the last caller. Uh, anybody finishes that check on Gallagher? I mean, I watched, and, and, and Russell just sits there and, and tries to do a, a stick check instead of finishing that hit on Gallagher. Gallagher's hands are neutralized. The puck doesn't go in front of the net. Um, but that aside, that's not what I'm talking about. I want to say the past couple of games, I've noticed the, the entire D court just backing off the blue line, giving them the zone. You know, you watch Pittsburgh play defense they're clogging up the neutral zone they don't let you in across the blue line same thing with tonight the Habs they don't let you across the blue line and I don't know if that's coaching or whatever but at playoff time 
if you can't game the zone, you're going to struggle to score goals. And, and, and quite frankly, the opposite is true against the oil. They just let them in. Uh, that's my comment uh, an observation more than anything, but uh, I'll let you guys talk about it. Well, uh, as far as the teams that play against Edmonton, it, it, if you're going to play against the Edmonton Oilers, you have to clog up the neutral zone. You have to, you know, put three across, four across the blue line and force the Oilers to dump the puck in. We've had a couple callers have called in and said the Oilers like to score off the rush, and it's true. they got highly skilled players. So to neutralize highly skilled players, to neutralize speed, you clog up the neutral zone. So it's no secret that's how teams play against the Edmonton Oilers. I think the Oilers are much better now than they have been in the past at uh, standing players up at the blue line. And now there are games where they, they back up, they, they may give too much room and give easy access, but I, I'm looking at what I've seen here for the last decade when it was uh, much easier access than it is today. I, I think the Oilers are much more aggressive defensively. You do not see them giving up uh, the big play. You don't see them making the huge mistakes that they made in the past. Uh, I think when they give up chances and they gave up the chances they gave up to tonight i think it was simply they got outworked uh in a lot of situations and that's the the goal as you brought up that byron scored where gallagher just outworked his player behind the, the goal line those things uh are not on the system those things are on the player and sometimes uh you have to take a look in the mirror afterward and say is that my best effort and i don't think the others are going to be excited about their effort tonight but I don't think it's one, as, as Lucic said, this is one, let's, let's not slit our wrists on this one. Let's, we're going to be all right. The, the Oilers are uh, sitting in a good spot. They've still got a bunch of games left on this homestand. Let's, let's figure it out. Let's get going back in the right direction. And I think if they take some of the good that they've done on this homestand, especially against the Pittsburgh team, against the Penguins, and put it into their next game, they'll be all right. There's no easy games, no matter where players are in the standings. We're watching Dallas and San Jose right now, and Dallas is dominating San Jose. Dallas isn't going to make the playoffs, and San Jose is going to be a number one seed. So you've got to bring your A game each night, and I don't believe the Oilers had their A game tonight. All right, 780-496-0063. Of course, no Japanese Village goal light this evening. The Oilers have to score five or more in a game for us to turn that on on 630ched.com. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appy at Japanese Village, south side, north side, and also a location. I'm pointing, Rob, right over there. It's close to Roger's place. Oh, I can see it. That'd be weird if we could see. Well, there are open windows down on the concourse. I've, I've heard that. We're we not don't open get, windows. There's exposed. It'd be a little chilly if they were windows. open right now, but we don't yeah. see the windows. We're way too high. And just a little update right now. The San Jose Sharks have just scored late in the first period. They are up 2-1 over the Dallas Stars. You know, I will say this about the zone entries. Mm-hmm. That's how, in terms of specifically Chris Russell, that's how he plays. And I remember, because I remember talking to Pat Steinberg, who hosts the Flames show, and, you know, he saw Russell play for several years. He said that's how Russell played. He tends to give up the line and then rely on his positioning, and that's why he blocks so many shots, because he'll let a guy come in, tempt him with a shooting lane, and, and then block the shot. So in his case, he does tend to give up the line a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think the Montreal Canadiens got a whole lot off the rush today. Most of their good chances came when they got the puck in deep and they worked below the Oilers' goal line. Uh, off the rush, they got the one goal by Pacioretty, but it was—I don't think that was them giving up the the, the line. That was a uh, just a bad break by the for for the Edmonton Oilers on a, a weird bounce off cleft bomb stick. All right, we got uh, Cam at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Cam, good to hear from you. Hey guys, how are you doing? Doing well. Right on. Yeah, two things. Uh, you know, uh, as a fan of the Oilers uh, team, there uh, so much frustration. Is, is carried on, you know. Well, when they, one night they show up, and then the next day like, they don't. Like I don't think they really put in. There was an urgency in their game tonight. Uh, you know, I look at their power play, that four-minute power play that they had. Uh, you know, you see the defenseman going behind the net and sitting there and wasting seconds off the power play, waiting for them to set up. Where other teams are all constantly on the goal and, and pressuring with their power play. Uh, these guys, you know, they don't show us that all the time. I mean, very. I've seen that a number of times where they sit behind the net and they waste. Precious seconds. Well, the, and, uh, the, reason sorry, the reason they're doing that is they're, they're in the middle of a line change. So they're standing behind the net waiting for their new players to get on the ice so that they can get into the right formation coming out of their zone. And that's not right. something just the Oilers, the Oilers do. All teams do it. 
if if their if their team's changing, the guy will go behind the net where he's protected, and he'll wait there until his new the other four guys come on. They'll break out, and then that guy will go change once they've got control of the puck in the opposite end. Right, but as the puck is going into the order zone, isn't the line change being made by by the time the defenseman gets back to the puck? Yeah, but the players have still got to get back. So what? Right. Most times, in a, it's a controlled breakout. So that means the guys that are coming onto the ice, they got to come all the way back into the other zone and get into their formation. The and the the defenseman is told. Okay. He's told to stand behind the net because he's not going to come out till all four new guys are on the ice and they're in their breakout positions. And once okay. they are, then they go. So well, that that is, that, yeah, that's 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 something that all teams do. Okay. Yeah, Cam, you, I mean, you raise you raise a good point. I mean, I, I know fans are like, well, look how they played against Pittsburgh. Why don't yeah. they come out and play that way against Montreal? I mean, you, you, I always take the quality of the opponent into consideration as well. Uh, I, I mean, some nights the Oilers have flat out beaten the other team, and and some nights uh, the Oilers get beaten. I, I think Todd, you know, as Coach McClellan said there were some plays that weren't executed tonight and I think Montreal for the most part played how they want to play and Rob and I referenced earlier the players Bergevin brought in at the deadline um, you know aren't guys that are going to pick the top corner from 40 feet they're going to (laughs) bully the puck into the net and and one of the reasons that the Oilers had so many more scoring chances against the Penguins is it's just it's the way the Penguins play the Penguins will trade chances with you the Montreal Canadiens won't so you're going to get a lot more chances against a skilled team because Pittsburgh feels if you trade chances with us we're going to beat you and you know what the Penguins had three of their top six defensemen out of the lineup and what did the Oilers do well in the second and third periods they hit and they forechecked, and they kept pucks alive. That's right. Yeah, that, that was quite a game that they played. I mean, that, that's what we'd like to see, that, that type of a game. Uh, I guess every night as a fan, that you know, it was an amazing game. No, you're absolutely right, and there was always a worry, and we talked about it before the game, is there going to be a letdown? Whenever you have an emotional game, and it was an emotional game for everybody. I mean, I left the game with a, you know, my heart was being like, wow, that you, you saw something special. And then you come back right away, and they, can, they continue, can they get up again? And yeah. I thought, uh, yeah. not they weren't great in the first period tonight. So you saw there was a little bit of a letdown, yeah. uh, despite uh, the fact that the Oilers had the lead halfway through the game. Uh, I don't think they were as good. I agree as they were against the Penguins. Yeah, and, oh, definitely not. And you look at the Pacific Division: Calgary 80 points, Anaheim 80 points, Edmonton 79. All of those teams have had a couple hot streaks, mm-hmm. and all of those teams have had a couple parts where you look at their season and you were thinking they're never going to win again. You know, like Calgary could nobody, neither Calgary goaltender could make a save until the and middle of November. Are, and those, right? so back and forth it goes. And those are three teams that are going to make the playoffs. Think about the half of the league that isn't going to make the playoffs. What their season's been like. But that's why the Oilers are. Where are they at? I mean, clearly they're improved, finally. Oh, yes. But, yeah, it's the, the consistency isn't there. And there are some teams that, you know, are able to play a style that can stymie the Oilers. Yeah, but you say the consistency is not there and they can be stymied. But where are the Oilers in the overall standings? Twelfth. Uh, Twelfth. So they're, they're still better than... Oh, no, I, but I'm still yeah. saying that's why they're not in the top five or six. Yes. But they're still in a tier it, where they need to figure some things yeah, out. And, and, and I don't know if those things are going to get figured out between now and whenever they're they're eliminated. Well, you're right. It's I mean, it's for this year. you're not going to be the 29th best team and then all of a sudden be a top five team in the league the next year. It just, you can't make enough changes in that short a time, but they are going certainly in the right direction. All right, the relatively new head coach of the Montreal Canadiens, even though he's one of their old coaches, is Claude Julien, courtesy of Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Kerry Price made two huge saves in that third period to kind of keep the score from one up to nothing. How big was that for you guys? Oh, it's huge. I think we just looked at some of it there, and, uh, you know, you can't underestimate how important those saves are, and, uh, you know, I'm sure the other guy did the same thing at the other end, especially in the second period, to, to keep us off the score sheet. So I thought, again, another big duel of goaltenders uh, tonight. But, uh, you know, we, we managed to find ways to score goals late in the game. But carry every every game finds a way to, to play a big part in those wins. And, uh, you know, that's why he's such an important uh, player uh, for our team and uh, basically, you know, one of the best uh, goaltenders in the world. Claude, you talked yesterday about you know mixing up your top two lines to spread out the offense, then you stacked your number one line. What did you see that made you decide to make that change? Well, I didn't think we were getting a ton of offense until maybe the last five minutes of the uh, 
of the first period, so I just decided to, to go and, and make a few changes. But, you know, it wasn't so much about stacking that first line. It was about, you know, the other lines. What what could they do? And uh, those other lines created some good offense as well. As we just talked about, Gallagher played one of his best games, and uh, he created a lot of stuff. You know, again, Paulie Byron does the same thing. And, uh, you know, Lekkonen uh, we saw around the net with Shaw. And so we had a lot of, uh, I thought Mitchell played a, a solid game for us in, uh, in that position. So we had other guys step up when we mixed the lines up. But uh, there's no doubt your, uh, your top three, uh, more or less, goal scorers are, uh, are reunited on, on the line and did a great job there too. Maybe the flu wasn't such a bad thing considering Carey and Byron were two key guys. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I think... Uh, uh, Price had a little bit more time to recover than uh, than Paulie, but uh, they both came up and played big roles in the, in tonight's win. And uh, you know, again, uh, can't say enough about how those guys handle themselves. And even in this game situation, you know, we didn't we didn't deviate from our game, even if it was one nothing. You know, we kept doing what we thought we had to do to win a hockey game, and eventually it paid off. And uh, even after tying the, the game, we didn't sit back, kept going after them. And those are stuff that, that that impressed me from this hockey club. As a coach that just took over a team, this is an example of a game where your team sticks with what they're supposed to stick with and it works in the end. Yeah. Win on the road, late goals. This game's got to be worse off for your club. Well, absolutely. And, and again, you know, we got to go home with the three wins out of four games. And it's a, it was a tough road trip to start with everything that we've had to face. You know, from the the flu going around the team and everything else, I think you know we're pretty happy with the with the road trip, and we're really happy with the way it ended today. Did you have any sense of frustration with the offense early in the third period there? No, I think it was just one of those things where you know you got to stick with it sometimes, and uh, you know. Uh, I, I thought our second period was really good. We had a lot of chances, so we talked about you know going back and doing those things, and eventually came back. But uh, you know the the thing we couldn't do uh, as a coaching staff and, and as a team was to get frustrated. We had to stick with it, and uh, you know when you end up with those kind of wins, it makes you realize how important it is to stick with it. All right, Claude Julien now eight and three since taking over as coach of the Montreal Canadiens from Michel Therrien. And the Habs tonight with the victory move back into first place in the Atlantic Division, two points ahead of Ottawa. The Senators, who just won't go away, they've won six in a row, have two games in hand. Jared Blair and David, you are our next callers. The final at Rogers Place. Live tonight, from the Terry Branstein Broadcast one. Center, this is, this is Overtime, Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by Broadcast the Canadian Center. Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. So the Oilers are halfway through one of the longest homestands in team history. Eight games. They did have a nine-gamer in the early 80s. Not so great so far for the Oilers. They are 1-2-1 one, and one after dropping a 4-1 decision. What did I say? No, you're, you're saying it right. I was just telling the score in the Anaheim game. Oh, you're flashing me the Anaheim score. 2 nothing now for the Ducks? All right. It is. 1-2-1 uh, and one, halfway through their eight-game homestand are the Oilers. 4-1 the Canadians win tonight. Edmonton led 1-0 going to the third on a Milan-Lucic goal in the second period. Byron and Pacioretty scored a minute nine apart, and then they scored empty net goals in that order as well to make it a 4-1 decision. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Our open line number is 780-496-0063. We'll say good evening to Jared. Jared, good to hear from you. I just have a quick comment and a question for uh, for Rob. In my thinking, in terms of generating offense, you think there's four basic ways uh, off the forecheck, which would be like a dump and chase, cycling, which would include point shots, transition from a turnover at your blue line or center ice, and also off the rush. And you think everyone always talks about cycling, but in from my watching games, I don't have statistics, you think it's the lowest percentage chance of scoring a goal because there's no odd man opportunities. Everything is so tight. There's no space. And unless you get a point shot, which is almost impossible to get through in the NHL, it's not, I don't think it's really a good way of generating offense. But my question for Rob is, which, do, which um, mode of generating offense do you think is most suited for the Oilers? Um, I, I, I think... I mean, most most teams have lines that have that their their strengths are different from the line before them. There's some lines that are very good on the rush. There usually your fourth line is a line that's going to have to do it strictly off of a, a forecheck or or a cycle. Uh, I I think that if you build a perfect line, they're capable of scoring anyway. 
And I think if you look, say the Oilers' first line, they got McDavid, Maroon, and Drysaddle. All, well, McDavid and Drysaddle especially have skill. So they're able to score off the rush, and we've seen it a number of times. But you add the fact that uh, the, the speed of a McDavid and the size of a Maroon and Drysaddle, they should be very good on a forecheck. They also should be very good in a cycle, and they are. So the best lines are able to do it all the times. Uh, some teams, if, the, if you don't have speed, you're not going to generate a lot off the rush, so you become a four-checking team. You become a cycle team. And a lot of the teams in the Western Conference over the last number of years, it has been the cycle. It has been uh, getting pucks in deep. That's the way that they have been uh, offensively successful because that's just the way it was played in the West, whereas the Eastern Conference was more of a, a skilled conference and you used to see a lot more pretty goals on the highlight reels because they seem to score more off the, off the rush. That was Jared, 780-496-0063. Jared, a uh, regular caller to He's got good questions. overtime open line. He, he and makes us think. Inside sports as well. Yeah, I like talking to Jared for sure. We also have Blair on the line. Blair, good to hear from you. What's up? Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, it was a kind of a disappointing loss tonight, but uh, I just wanted to say, I just wanted to ask you a question. What is it going to take for the Edmonton Oilers to get the Rogers place pumped and excited and loud as Rexall used to be. Oh, yeah, that's simple. Free beer. <laughs> Free beer will get everybody going. Playoffs, man. Like I, Playoffs. I, I just yeah. think... I, I just think, Blair, I mean, it was as loud as I've ever heard it on Friday. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Either building. That's what I was going to say. Since yeah, Pittsburgh, on, that's the only game so far that it's been loud. But I think right now, and uh, do you agree with me on this, that people are scared? Oh, yeah, I think some people are, for sure. Absolutely. I talk to people who are worried all the time. I mean, I to me, and we've talked about it before in this show, I mean, I'd be relishing this if I'm an Oilers fan because it's exciting right now. We haven't had excitement in March or February or January for the last decade. So don't worry if it's going to be if things could go sour or not. Let's let's enjoy the ride while it lasts because that's right. It, and to all the fans out there listening and to everybody out there that's a true blue Oilers fan, when the Oilers lose a game like this, don't go put the Oilers down on like on Facebook or Twitter or any of that cuz the team is doing their best. They're, this is the best season that we've had in years and man, let's just Let's just keep pumping up the crowd, and I'll be there on Tuesday night dressed up, decked out. Man, I'm going to get the crowd pumped. <laughs> Good stuff, Blair. Hope you call again on Tuesday. We appreciate it. 780-496-0063. Yeah, I mean, f fans are – and, I mean, it's funny, too. I mean, so – and you tend to go with what's happened recently. So the Oilers don't have a great record over their last uh, 17 games now. I think it's seven, right around 500, 7-9-1. It? It's yep. below 500. Calgary's won nine in a row. I mean, they're a point apart in the standing. So they're virtually an equal amount away from having someone pass them that could knock them out of a playoff spot. But because the Flames have been moving up and the Oilers have been stagnating, it's it's different feelings in, in, each, in each fan base. So... But I, I still think, you know, people talk about the building being louder. I, I think it's playoffs. And then once you have a playoff team year after year, I mean, no one used to call Detroit Hockey Town in the 1980s when the team sucked. <laughs> I mean, well, no, I'm serious. No one, and I, and I cheer for the Seattle Seahawks, but no one talked about how loud their field was until they got good, you know, yep. you know in 03 and 04. You know, so if, if it's the games are going to be louder and more intense, then they have to have more meaning. That well, game against Pittsburgh meant something. Well, I, I don't think in 06 during the regular season, the the Rexall was as crazy as it was in the playoffs. It was because all of a sudden the the Oilers were winning hockey games. They were an exciting time of year. Once the Oilers I, I think as, as the Oilers get closer to the playoffs and once the Oilers make the playoffs, this place is going to be nuts. And I, and I, I said about three, four weeks ago, I believe it's going to be the Oilers and the Calgary Flames in the first round and just think about how silly it's going to be if that comes to fruition so I say enjoy the ride right now there's what 14 games left enjoy these next 14 games there's going to be ups and downs and, and, and there's going to be nights where you, you think oh th this team looks like it could win a couple rounds in the playoffs there's going to be nights where you're like oh my god is LA going to catch us 
but let's enjoy it while it lasts because there's been too many March uh, months of March over the last decade where we were watching other sports on TV because the other seasons were already lost. All right, we got a break for the 9 o'clock news. David, Doug, and Eric, you will get in. We're going to keep rolling. It's a 4-1 decision for the Canadians. They rally in the third to get it done tonight. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. Fidelity Investments. Your money's new best friend, Will Danoff, has arrived. Visit investwithdanoff.com. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Thanks for tuning in. Sunday night at Rogers Place, 4-1 Montreal beating Edmonton. All the Canadians' goals scored in the last 6 minutes and 27 seconds. Two by Byron, two by Pacioretty. One each into an empty net as well. Milan Lucic, the only goal scorer for the Oilers. It was unassisted, his 15th of the year at 4.17 of the second period. The shots 41-25 in favor of Montreal this evening. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. 780-496-0063. We'll go to David. Hello, David. Hello, uh, hello guys. Good evening. Good day. <clears throat> what do you got on your I... mind? <laughs> I just wanted to say that, uh, yeah, cardiac hockey uh, in March is better than no Oilers hockey uh, carrying past December. It's, uh, it's a lot more fun, but uh, that doesn't mean we can't be critical of, of, uh, of their performance. I've uh, done a little bit of number crunching. You guys had mentioned that their record since the All-Star game, 17 games, that is, has been 7-9-1. and one. Yep. And uh, I took a closer look at it, and only three of those wins came against playoff teams. And the only teams worse in that span have been non-playoff contenders like Dallas, Detroit, Philly, Colorado, and Jersey. So um, digging further into stats, goals for and against are 38 to 48. Power play has been out to lunch at about 20%. PK is the worst in the league since then. And face-offs, with the exception of tonight, has been second worst in the league. So uh, looking at it, that's about 21 percent of the season since the all-star break and this team has taken a bit of a dive in terms of performance with a ton of important games left and uh i think we've uh, our trick has gotten figured out and uh there doesn't seem to be a contingency plan in terms of getting the other line scoring here well i mean you you can't really have a contingency plan because there's nothing you can do you, you this is the hand you're dealt with there's no other players that you can go out and get the deadline's over uh yeah, the Oilers are in a, in a slump, but due to the fact, if you look at this, the standings, all the teams that are around them in the standings at some point in the season must have had a similar kind of slump because, I mean, the Calgary Flames just won nine in a row and they're one point up on the Oilers. So obviously all teams go through this. Now, it sucks when your team doesn't, and it sucks even more when it, it's late in the season. The Oilers are not playing as well now as they did earlier. Uh, but I... I, I don't think it's reason to to fret that the season is lost. I think that this is a team that um, executed better earlier in, in certain games, and they didn't execute as well tonight. They're not getting badly outplayed in these games. A lot of the games, they're, they're, they're close. They lose to the Pittsburgh Penguins the other night, a game they certainly should have won. They were the better team through uh, through the 65 minutes. So I, I think you got to look at that as well. Are they playing as good as they can? No. Do they need their, their second line to be better? Yes. But, I mean, the second line right now is Lucic scores again tonight. I think they've got goals in nine of their last 11 games or something along that line. That is great for a second line. Um, to, their, their top line hasn't been as good as it has been in the last little while. They need to get them going. But any line that has Connor McDavid on it, I believe, is going to get back to where it needs to be. So this is, the, I don't believe the Edmonton Oilers are a Stanley Cup championship type team yet, but I believe they're, uh, where they are in the standings at 12th place in the National Hockey League is probably where they deserve to be. I think that they are in the top 14, 13 teams in the NHL, and if they make it to the playoffs, they have a goaltender and a centerman uh, who have the capabilities of taking them past the first round. Yeah, Talbot played well tonight. I mean, after allowing that, the the funny goal against Malkin, where he let it squeeze through, he went 102 minutes and eight seconds without allowing a goal, 
and then two went in in 69 seconds. And, you know, again, if if there's an offensive finish and it's two or three nothing, then that, then it doesn't matter. I mean, the, the games are close, and, you know, David called in, absolutely, you can be you can be critical of the team. I, I just don't think it's, it's disaster time. I, I personally, and I, and I know it's hard on fans, Robin, you and I, you know, don't, think exactly like fans anymore because we you know we do this show and we, and we try to talk about stuff but i, I think this is great like this I is do. a great challenge i uh, mean let's connor mcdavid's in year two in the nhl the oilers are going to be built around him for the next 10 to 15 years he just turned 20 he's this is great put, gonna, put him in a situation yes. where oh you know what it's you're not going to glide into the playoffs you know what you're going to have teams uh slash you a little bit. You're going to have teams let you skate down the, the left wing, but then you're going to look up and you're going to see five guys in the passing lane. I say, great. Put put these challenges in front of him and, and, and his teammates because I think in the long run, they're only the better for it. And I know fans are like, well, that doesn't make it any easier tonight. No, it doesn't. It sucks to blow this lead in the last six minutes. And I know for the people that were here tonight, as a fan, this is one of the most intense games to attend because you got an Oiler fan next to you and then two Montreal fans next to him and you're yelling back and forth each other the whole night. So I know that that whole experience sucks. But I, I think in terms of the growth of this team, I'm like, this is great. Let's see how they react if the callers tighten, a, the, the, the shirt callers, not the phone callers, tighten a little bit. Let's see how they handle it. Oh, I agree. And I mean, if you're a fan of your own team, I'd much rather be a fan of the Empton Oilers. I feel a little bit better than I would if I was a fan of the LA Kings. And that is the team that's going to be trying to catch the Edmonton Oilers. But the Oilers have a lead on them right now. And uh, L.A. has been playing better. Their goaltender is back. They've they made uh, a little bit of dealings at the, the deadline getting a Jerome McGinley. But I still like the Edmonton Oilers' schedule. And I like where they sit in the standings much better. I, stu- I believe the Oilers are going to be in the top three in their division. I think they're going to play Calgary in the first round. And I'm excited about that. All right. We have Doug on the line as well. Doug, thank you so much for calling. Hello. Hi, Doug. Hey, guys. You guys are amazing. I am a Calgary fan. We won't Um, hold that against you. (laughs) Yeah, born and raised. (laughs) But uh, I had to move up north here, and you guys have the best show. It's amazing. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate that. Yeah, Rob, you're... You're impeccable with all your stats and uh, what you do. Reed, you're one of the best interviewers I've ever heard. Amazing well, I, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. No, everybody gets robbed and everything. I don't know what Calgary's doing here. It's kind of stupid. No, but, uh, they're playing good hockey right now. They they've got a good hockey club, and I I'm excited as a as a fan of of hockey and, and being in Edmonton about what we're going to see over the next number of years with the Flames and the Oilers. Uh, this the Western Conference has been dominated for a number of years by the San Jose's, the LA's, the Anaheim's teams of that of that nature. They're getting old, and, and it's there's there, it, eventually it, it, those players uh, are going to get past their prime. And you got teams like Edmonton and Calgary coming in with all these young stars. It's going to be fun in Alberta for a number of years, and this hopefully will be the first of many years where you're going to see them play each other in the playoffs. So I'm excited about what's happening in Calgary. I'm even more excited about what's happening here in Edmonton. I would certainly like a uh, Calgary-Edmonton series, but I'm scared. They swept us this year. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it all resets in the playoffs. You're right. Uh, I mean, when the Oilers played the Flames, certainly at the start of the year, the, the Calgary wasn't getting the goaltending they were uh, they were getting now. And then, I mean, the Oilers uh, had that the, the the fourth game of the year in Calgary. The offense, everything just the offense was really clicking in that game for sure. The other one was a that was a shootout. The second game here in Edmonton, the first one in January where they played. So, yeah, Doug, we appreciate the call. Thanks a lot for uh, tuning in. We also have Eric on the line. It's 9:14, by the way. The Canadians over the Oilers, 4-1. Eric, thanks for calling. Go ahead, buddy. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Good. First time caller. How, how are you guys doing tonight? Doing great. We appreciate you calling. Great. Hey, uh, yeah, I thought the Oilers uh, did a pretty good job in uh, uh, possessing the puck. Like after they got that uh, one goal lead, until obviously it came off the rails after Montreal tied it up. But I, I had a quick question. And I don't know, don't know if it's been addressed 
about uh, uh, obviously I know it's uh, last ditch effort pulling the goalie, but why not pull the goalie when uh, they got the coincidental minor? Well, I don't know if that's been addressed, but you got four minutes left. Uh, isn't like a five on four like a lot stronger than uh, six on five? They waited until actually the end of that coincidental minor ended, and then they. Um, pull, pull that, 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 that is a good question. Uh, it, it is a possibility. Um, the, the Oilers, you read, you got it in front of you. The Oilers were down two, two one when it was a four on four. Yeah, and there were it was at sixteen twenty six. So yeah, so three, yeah, three thirty four left. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That is a great. It's a great observation, and it certainly could have been done. I, I, I believe the Oilers in a four on four situation have an advantage over most teams in the league as it is. I think right. that, but I yeah I, I see nothing wrong with that, and yeah it's not something that I thought at the time, but now that you do say it, if the Oilers would have got possession in the offensive zone, yeah, why not? Yeah, good good call on your part. Yeah, uh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, uh, I guess that's it. Yeah, good show. Okay. And uh, good games. Appreciate thanks it. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We're going to get to Ryan Nugent Hopkins here before nine thirty, but right now we want to bring in Dean on the open line. Hey, Dean. Hi guys, how's it going? We're doing great. Good. I, just a little interesting fact about me. I was on Canada's first Honeyman season five. I won it. <laughs> you were on what? Sorry, what? I was on Canada's worst handyman season five. Oh. I won the show. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, congratulations. If that's the case, I don't want your number because I have a lot of stuff that I don't need ruined in my house. I ruined it myself already. Free <laughs> and renovation next week at your house. No, I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I want to talk about the defense there. Uh, guys, I've been coaching for hockey for 15 years, and I was at the game tonight, and I'm actually driving home to Hyperi, but I hate watching the games. I don't know why. As a coach, you watch... You watch all the mistakes, and I just—it just gets to me. I get all—I watch all the mistakes the owners are doing, and our defense are uh, lagging this year. Their uh, guys are losing battles in the corner, in front. They're getting pushed away. We have no guys that can take the puck up the ice and just fire it to like McDavid. It's just we're uh, we're lagging a lot, and uh, on our power play as well. Like we we don't have guys that have a like an amazing shot, like like Sheldon Shuri, but. We need a couple strong players like Weber and uh, Subban and like strong D. And it's well known, um, in me, my opinion, if you have the best defense in the league, you're going to win Stanley Cups. And we need to pick up some defense somewhere, invest in some defense. And it's uh, like we're like tonight there. Oh, we I don't know what happened there, but our defense got caught there, and that that was a winning goal there. I thought, you know, if I was a coach, uh, whoever was. Uh, Paul, there would be a good get a good talking to me. What do you guys think? Well, I think Peter Shirelli has added added Russell, Larson, Sekera, Griba, Benning, Benning. Uh, Nurse was uh, already here, and who's the other guy? I'm missing a defenseman. Oh, Clefbaum. He was already here. Clefbaum was already here. So he has addressed the defense. Uh, he obviously didn't want to pay the price to get guys like Subban, Weber, and Shattenkirk. Having said that, Subban's never won a Stanley Cup. Yeah, but like. But I mean, like, but again, Dean, like it, the Oilers' defense isn't perfect. But you're watching as an Oilers fan. I mean, did the Montreal defense make mistakes tonight? Sometimes. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. yeah, yeah, they they do. <laughs> they did. Well, I but, think I think the Oilers' de- defense has a unit has probably improved from poor to slightly above average as a whole. Uh, average, but we need a couple guys that are over the over the above average. A couple strong D. That I think after that will be. Uh, Stanley Cup contender if we get invested in some strong defense. Like, that's all the Oilers. They have everything. They got the goalie, got the forward, we got the best player in the world. We need some defense, boys, big time. Fair enough, Dean. Appreciate it. 780-496-0063. We'll take a quick timeout, and then it's the Nuge. Canadian Brewhouse Live Overtime from Open the Terry Perez Team Broadcast Center. Center. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. The Montreal Canadiens get a 4-1 win at Rogers Place. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, center for the Edmonton Oilers, standing by with his thoughts. At the same time, we're we're still right in the right in the thick of things, and we uh, can't dwell on losses right now. We just gotta keep moving forward because uh, you start to get frustrated. It's not the not the right time to do that. Does this make 
I mean, that obviously turns up the tension a little bit. You have a little breathing room. It's, it's kind of slipping away a little bit. But what mindset do you have to take into this to, to make that pressure be a good thing? But. Well, I mean, at the start of the year, if you think we're going to be in this spot, I mean, I know I'd, I'd yeah. take it after, I mean, five years of uh, obviously not even being uh, close to being here. So, I mean, it's, uh, I think it's going to be it's going to be intense coming down the stretch here, but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, got to relish it and uh, not worry. Uh, can't worry about what other teams are doing right now. I mean, uh, if we win, we're going to get in. So, uh, the, uh, our fate's in our own hands right now. So, just got to uh, put this one aside and uh, get, uh, move forward. Just jumped in here a little late. Uh, what I guess happened out there in the third that allowed them to take over the game? Well, I don't think it, we played much different. I mean, uh, they just they made a pretty nice play on the on their first one and then uh, their second one. I mean, that's kind of a uh, a, a play that happens all game long, every game, and um, unfortunately, it just kind of took a weird bounce. I mean, probably a nice play, but at the same time, obviously, pretty fortunate for them. And um, and just like that, uh, we're behind. Read that's for Nugent Hopkins. Thanks, Brendan. So Nugent Hopkins tonight obviously didn't get a point. Lucic got the only point tonight. He goes 46% uh, in the faceoff circle for the second straight game, and we have well, basically never said this about the Oilers two games in a row. They dominate the face-off circle after going 76% against Pitt. They go 67% tonight, but they don't win either game. Shootout loss against the Penguins and a 4-1 loss here to Montreal. Well, practice tomorrow. The Dallas Stars are in town on Tuesday. The Stars currently tra trailing San Jose 3-1 in the second period. Ducks lead the Capitals 3-1 after two. Blackhawks beat the Wild 4-2. And the Rangers knocked off the Red Wings 4-1. Oil Kings lost 5-2 to the Calgary Hitmen. Gushu wins the Briar over Alberta's Cooey 7-6. 20 seconds. Rob, what do you think they'll focus on tomorrow at practice? Well, I think getting pucks into to the blue the blue paint in front of the net, working on that. And I think some defensive things. I think the Oilers had a couple breakdowns, especially when the puck was below their goal line. I think there was a few breakdowns. They're going to want to work on that and get ready for a, a big game against the Dallas Stars. That'll be on 6.30, Chad. 5.30 face-off show on Tuesday. Game will start at 7. Thanks to our studio producer, Kellen Kennedy. Our engineer here at Rogers Place is Troy Bowler. On behalf of Rob Brown, my name is Reed Wilkins. Final score, Montreal 4, Edmonton 1. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll talk to you on Inside Sports tomorrow at 6. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.